Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of season 3 of the Wormbrenner Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and for this week, I've brought back a special guest in honor of the startup of all the European leagues that's going on for the rest of the year, Mr. Euro Expert. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me on, my friend. It's been, uh, it's been a little while. It has been. It has been. So... To start us off, I have to ask the difficult questions, as always. How has the off-season been treating you? Oh, it's been lovely. I've done absolutely nothing during the off-season. It's been the first summer in years I've had. I've actually had a break, so I was very keen to relax this summer. And it's been worth it because I've come back this year uh, and feeling a lot more refreshed, a lot more happy to watch football, whereas in... I think near the end of last season, it was really beginning to get a bit tiring watching games. But now I can just kind of sit through all of them and absolutely love it. Very nice, very nice. And it, it's just a, a bonus just to have the big leagues in Europe back because for the longest time, really, all I had was, was the MLS. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a, it's a bit of a plus for me. I'm just I'm happy to, to see these leagues back. Hey, you and got messy. It's not all bad. Yeah, it now there was a couple of posts that having to do with that. I, I it brings to good amount that the Saudi Pro League's bringing a lot of players over there versus the MLS because <laughs> Inter Miami's the one that's signing all of them and it's ridiculous. Other than um Mendy, I think it was from Sociedad. Oh yeah. So that was a decent signing. I was very happy with that one with FC Dallas. But anyways, regardless, I have to ask to you so far this transfer window, what are you the most excited about this season? Oh, that's a good question. For this season specifically, just based off the transfer window, I, I think there's a lot of teams that are in that have had big overhauls, but aren't that might not be the most exciting to watch. I mean. Might be some different reasons. I think the closest you can get with is probably Spurs. They've under Postecoglou, they're they're adapting a lot quicker to his ways than everybody expected. And um, like there's signs like James Madison, it's fantastic so far. Uh, Van der Ven's pretty fun at the back. Adoji, I know he's not a new signing, but he's been awesome coming in. Whereas some other teams like Chelsea, I think their business has been really good, but I don't think we're going to see the best of them for another year or close to that, especially even Kunku being injured. I think Real Madrid have been fun with Bellingham coming in, PSG as well, um, some decent stuff. But so far, when I think of exciting team to watch, Tottenham's the only one that comes to mind. Understandable. It's And again, with, with Pasta Coglu, he he's had unbelievable seasons everywhere he's been. And I think there was a... A post I did a while ago, and I I might need to double check my facts after this episode, but at least to the best of my knowledge, every single managerial appointment that Postacoglu has had uh, at club level, he's won the league. <laughs> really, that's a that's a great stat. And so I was like, "What the heck?" I I and I ended up looking it up, and and I was just like, well, "Hold on." <laughs> So I'm I'm excited to see what he does at Spurs, especially after this latest result against United. Like I I definitely, as you had alluded to, nobody really expected Spurs to to take on the tactics and his mental ideology for how he wanted the team to run so quickly. And I 
I definitely agree that Spurs are, are a team to watch this season for sure. In terms of signings, this might be a little hard, so if you want to do top three, you feel free. But out of the top five leagues, who is your most underrated signing? Oh, good. Yes, again, that is tough. Yeah, I'd go over top three. For most underrated signing, um, scanning through the big teams in my head, just trying to think of the exact ones. It's because I don't want to go for really niche answers like Arsene Sakali and Raul Sociedad, who probably won't play yet, but it's like just the best. Young up and coming player in Eastern Europe moved to Sociedad, all the most fun teams around. Uh, but I think people are rating that signing pretty highly. Um, so underrated signing. Um, maybe Ward Prowse to West Ham. That, that's clearly really nice to match to Moyes ball. I think people look down on it because, um, James Ward Prowse probably wouldn't cut it at a team like Manchester City, but for West Ham, uh, clearly, um, it, it, it suits them. Musa Diaby to Aston Villa, that's another good one. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Musa Diaby. He's been stunning for uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Aston Villa signing him is great. And aside from that, if, if Nottingham Forest bring in Yusuf Afana, like rumours have suggested, then like, that would be an outrageous move. That would be... Uh, he He's good enough for a Champions League team. So if Forrest got him in, that would be uh, crazy. Yeah, I so along the fact of um, Musa Diaby... I, when, Ars, uh, not Arsenal, goodness, Aston Villa, I announced him, I was just like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> I, it was a pure shock for me, but there is a little bit in my head that there was a signing that Aston Villa did, the previous transfer window, from Bayer Leverkusen, and his name escapes me. Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey, that's right. And, it just, I, I'm not entirely sure where they're going with that project, because if I'm not mistaken, they play the same position, don't they? Yeah, they do. They could both play off the left-hand side as well, so both right-wingers. But I think they've been playing together with Diaby as a, sort of like a, a striker um, of Wally Watkins and Bailey on the right. I think they combined today in their 4 win against Everton, actually. I'm yet to watch that game, but mm-hmm. maybe it will work together on doing Imery. I think, yeah. I guess in a way it's a bit of a question mark in my head why they, like, he's a great player. I'm not saying why they didn't sign him, but how they would fit in the formation, I guess, is is my real question. <laughs> um, yes. So underrated signing for sure, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I wanted to take your attention to shock move, at least for me. Maybe not so much for you, but we'll see. I wanted to get your immediate thoughts on Harry Kane to Bayern Munich. Oh, I, I I watched um, the game earlier today, actually. They played on Friday, uh, Bayern with Werder Bremen. I, I watched the recording of it today. Um, I think he's going to have a real fun in the Bundesliga for quite an old reason. Just, just based off this one game, Werder Bremen defended like they've never come across a striker who didn't want to run in behind before. So every time he dropped deep, the, the Bremen defenders followed him and Bayern continually exploit this giant space Kane was able to create. Uh, he was always going to have a whole lot of fun um, against these defences. He just don't seem used to playing against a striker of his profile. Uh, and I, I think from a Bayern perspective, um, it was a 
it was good to get him in, a good statement for them as a club. But there's still a lot of chaos going on at Bayern Munich, so we'll see how the season goes. Well, I'll definitely be looking at Bayern Munich this season because, obviously, with Harry Kane and, and having not won a trophy of significance in his career, it's one of those things where it's like, is he going to do it at Bayern? It, you never know. <laughs> and, yeah. um, but I wanted to, I know that this is a what if question, but it, it intrigued my mind and I wanted to see if it would intrigue yours as well. If Harry Kane didn't take this move, the fees that were talked about when dealing with Harry Kane was over a hundred and a hundred million euros or not euros, uh, British pounds. I think it was like 120, 130, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think around that, yeah. Okay. And do you feel like that there could have been a form of possible resentment from the the overall Tottenham side or in, in the fan base, possibly, that 120 to 130 million pounds is a lot of money, and the squad could use that in other areas than just possibly a replacement for Harry Kane. Um, it would well, like to spread the money around, you're saying, that they in, in. in a way, yeah. Yeah, I think they do need to do that. They need to, they need to bring in another centre-back anyway, because um, they've only signed Van de Ven, and behind him, Romero, is Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer. That's not really... Uh, not really a defensive duo, or Ben Davis who can come in there. Um, and I think the the thing that Postacoglu Spurs have shown so far is the players least suited to his system are the wingers. Klaseski, when he receives the ball, he keeps, because he's left-footed and wants to cut inside, he'll always receive it, turn back and pass backwards. Son's a bit of the same as well. He doesn't seem to have that burst of pace that a wide winger would suit, um, like Postacoglu likes. So I, I think Spurs would do really well to add someone in there. And of course, there, there is the opportunity for a game replacement. But Richarlison has been slated so far. I think he played quite well against Manchester United, linking plays together, dropping in to provide a passing option. But it'd be nice to get someone else in. Gift Orban of um, Ghent has continually come up. He'd be an interesting signing, uh, a very prolific finisher. 22 goals in 24 games or something insane last time I checked. Uh yeah, I think you're right. They should probably spread this money around. They don't necessarily need a Kane replacement, especially when, as they've proved so far, they're going to get goals without him. For you, who would that replacement be up top in this Postacoglu side, at least to you? Is is there possibly maybe even a video coming out about this? <laughs> oh, I don't know, to be fair. This is a, it is a tough one. I, I, I quite like what Richarlison has done so far, but I think you would go for a different profile up front. Someone maybe... You see, at Celtic, Postacoglu really liked Kyogo Furuhashi, who was a very nippy forward, who was just really good at getting into dangerous goal-scoring positions. And from memory, he didn't really mix up from him too much. Maybe Dyson Maida, who's just a speed demon. So maybe Postacoglu Spurs would do well with like a, a very, very quick player like that. But who that is, I'm not too sure. I mean... On a Pender would have been good, but obviously he's gone to Leipzig from Lawns. Be a attacker Kubo, but he plays more off the right for our Sociedad. I think you'd be going for 
a, a quick striker, but off the top of my head, I wouldn't be sure who to go with. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I wouldn't be going for a, a bigger guy, like a, a target man, because Postacoglu historically hasn't really lent towards a sort of player. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of different names getting popped around, having to do with, like, big name targets. And I think one of the things that I enjoy when it comes to some of your work is that not necessarily those bigger names are brought up when it comes to some of these positions that that teams need. And I I think Tottenham need to follow that when it comes to this up-and-coming signings for pretty much any position that they really and truly need. They need to build up the player to the said position in the essentially develop them, mold them into what they need them to be. And uh, to me, I I think you kind of hit it on the head of, I'm not sure there's a already bright star that can automatically incorporate into this side. Not not to me, at least. Yeah, it's a tricky one, but Postacoglu so far, I think he's shown he'll get, Everything he can out of the players he has at his disposal, like Pap Sar has, and Basuma in particular, both have looked transformed over the summer under his coaching. So you can back him to bring someone in who's maybe not looked at, you know, um, as starringly for a big money move, but comes in and, you know, hits out of the park. So with all of this being said, I know that there has been a lot of talk as of recently with the Saudi Pro League and all the moves having to do with some of the up-and-coming talent have been linked to the Middle East. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that, of talent essentially going to the Middle East in Saudi Arabia and possibly other leagues if they decided to put in the money to it. What could the damage be to European football with leagues like the Saudi Pro League and possibly, and, and I'm not trying to name shout the MLS here, but this, the MLS possibly trying to make something like the Saudi Pro League happen. What is that damage looking like in Europe? Personally, I don't actually think it's going to be that damaging. I think the most damaging thing it will do is drive the price of transfer fees and wages up, which we've already seen with the likes of Caicedo already this window going to Chelsea for an inflated fee and lots of players getting quoted at inflated fees. That's because, you know, the Saudis have come in and played over the odds for a lot of players, like 50 mil for Ruben Neves. Essentially, they're playing... They've come in and competed with the big European clubs in terms of money, and we've not seen that... For a long time, um, like when the Chinese Super League was knocking about, sure you get the twenty odd twenty thirty million move come in, but it'd always be for a player really tailing off. And I, th- I think they've caught the eye for signing players like Ruben Neves, Seco Fofana. That was probably the most eye-catching one. But I don't think it's going to be that damaging in general to European and MLS football. Or well, start the MLS. I mean. You would know better than me, Justin, but the MLS, from, from me, what it represents is, you know, it, it, it can now be its own economy. Like, it's about American footballers coming through. It's not a retirement home for European footballers anymore. Like, it's about building up the American talent uh, for the USM, um, US men's national team as well. 
Like, there's more homegrown talent coming through, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Saudis coming in, paying top dollar for the retirees of Europe, that's not going to affect American soccer. And for European football, like, the, the best players are still going to want to play for the best clubs. Hence, Kylian Mbappe's rejection of Saudi to keep playing for PSG before he goes to Real Madrid. Like, And European football holds that prestigious history that players will always want to go there to play. And yes, there has been the Seca Fafana or the Milinkovic Savic, you know, the couple moves that have gone to Saudi that have stood out as, whoa, these two could have gone anywhere. But I'd say the grand majority of moves, like Edouard Mendy and Golo Kante, like most players that have gone to Saudi from Europe have been ones coming into the end of their career and would never have got the wages anywhere else. Like the day we'll see, the, the day the Saudi Pro League will be killing European football is if they beat other teams to the signing of a talented youngster who's not an extortion at wages, and the youngster's gone to Saudi to improve his career. But that's never going to happen, not not in my lifetime, because it's going to take decades and decades for Saudi to like create that level of league with the the depth of talent that's required. Yeah, I agree, and. Just to speak into perspective, as you had alluded to, is I think we are starting to see a little bit of a leveling out of the overall leagues being able to compete with each other for signings. However, skill-wise and looking at the overall competitiveness, it still favors Europe heavily. And I think that, again, as you had had said, the teams like Real Madrid, like Chelsea, like Juventus, like Bayern Munich, like PSG, those are those bigger names that people are like, okay. Minus PSG, there's a lot of history there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it it still has that gravitas about it. And... I'm very excited to see where this goes, honestly, because with the MLS, it I'm telling you, the signing of Messi has done so much for the MLS, it's not even funny. It has exploded here in the United States, and it seems like more than ever, people are starting to care a ton more about football, and I love it so much. That's cool. And so I'm very excited to see where this goes. And I'm very excited to, in a way, see how this is all mapped out and where it goes. Because who knows what will happen in 10, 15, 20 years. As I had said in some of my posts, I, I, it's not far off for the Saudi Pro League to, to have financial trouble like the Chinese Super League did. It It happens. <laughs> And the thing with the MLS as well, well, Messi's gone there and he seems to be playing every game and seems to be treated like a king, absolutely loves life. Uh, Saudi Pro League, I saw Sir Maximan's gone there and um, he, and he was complaining after the game in the press about the heat and that's really hard to play in, like it's 38 degrees. It's not as fun to play in. And also, like, Saudi Arabia is not going to be... It's not, it's not going to have the same gravitas as going to America for a lot of players, in my opinion. Like, you, in America, you get to go to New York and things like that. And 
I think in Saudi, it's just going to be a rich holiday for a lot of players. I'd be surprised, like Neymar's gone there, for example. I'd be shocked if he plays over 50, 60% of minutes. That's, yeah, to, to be fair, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, and, and the benefit, the, the other extreme to that mess, he gets to play in the snow, in the snow in Minnesota. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, it's a landscape I am ready to see and ready to go along for the ride, essentially, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. For the final question before we go to the much-anticipated third PK Shootout segment between the two of us, I need an exclusive here from you, at least to the best of your knowledge, if you can. Mm-hmm. What's the shock prediction this season in Europe that no one will expect coming? Uh Oh, I will... I've got two in my head. I'm going to go with this one. I think Bayern might lose the Bundesliga uh, with Harry Kane. And while I think they're going to score a lot of goals, it's a combination of on and off field problems. Again, against Werder, they were, their press was a bit all over the place. Um, Werder Bremen was still able to cause them issues, uh, which made think better teams than them will do as well. Also, off the field, they are chaotic right now. The Kane sign is papering over cracks. Like Tuchel last weekend was saying, you know, it feels like, I haven't, like it, their loss against Leipzig, he said, it's as if they've done nothing for four weeks. Like it's, it's not representative at all of our training and coaching. But there's been an FC Hollywood era 2.0 building up at Bayern for the past 18 months since, since Hansi Flick left, especially since like the downtown of Julian Nagelsmann. And they're going into a big transition as well. Neuer coming to the end of his career, Muller coming to the end of his career. So I, I, I think all it takes is a Leipzig or a Dortmund to have, or Leverkusen to have a really strong season while Bayern dip off again. And I, I wouldn't be that shocked if Bayern finally lose the Bundesliga, despite me and Empathy tweeting when they do win the Bundesliga. Oh, who saw this coming? <laughs> well, of course you you have to you have to go along with it because it, it's it. It's it's shocking, but it's not shocking at the same time, it, yeah. if that makes sense. Because as you as you had said, when it comes to and seeing glaring errors in some of these teams, sometimes teams pick up on that, sometimes they don't, and that's the game. <laughs> that's the beautiful game. So, Mister Alex, are you ready for the third PK shootout between us? Again, and let's not make this controversial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I vaguely remember last time. I'm rereading my questions to make sure I'm correct. Yes, let's go for it. Okay, so really quickly before we get into that, just a quick example for the PK shootout. We have five questions each. Each answer, or we have multiple choice answers: a top left, top right, bottom right, bottom left, and so it, essentially we're taking a penalty and that's how this format is the one with the most correct answers wins the pk shootout mr alex as always if you would like to go first you can if you want to designate it to me you can it's up to you it's always guest's choice i'll I'll go second this time okay okay so what is your first question for me good sir 
Which player is the only one to feature in the top 20 most expensive transfers of all time twice? We're going transfer themed here. Is it A, Coutinho, B, Antoine Griezmann, C, Cristiano Ronaldo, or D, Neymar? That's a fantastic question because... There's been a lot of activity recently. Yes, there has been. Including Neymar moving to Saudi. (laughs) That's, That's very right. Um, cause I'm, I'm thinking, no, it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's Coutinho because his only 100 million move was to, uh, was to Barca. Um, who are the other three again besides Coutinho? Uh, Griezmann, Ronaldo, Neymar, that's Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, CR9, or CR7, um. Griezmann is ironically speaking to me a little bit because I know for a fact he went back and forth between Atletico and Barca. Mm-hmm. Were Atleti that convinced to spend over a hundred million to get him back? I don't think so. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, Might not be around Jamil, by the way. It's just top twenty most expensive transfers. Oh, top to oh, what the heck? Okay, I don't know why I was okay. Uh, let's not go about um CR seven. Ding ding ding! What well, um Neymar was Neymar was twenty third with his ninety million move to Al Halal or whoever. Wow, really? Yeah. Holy cow! All right, we're off to a smashing start. Well done. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. So your first question, Mr. Alex. Mm-hmm. In the 2012 Champions League final, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich, everyone knows Drogba's legendary goal to send it to extra time. But who scored the goal to get Bayern ahead? Thomas Muller. Aha! <laughs> That's my final answer, yeah. All right. Yep, you smashed it. <laughs> Roof of the net. Com- goalkeeper went the completely wrong way. <laughs> Head, header down into the header down and up above check into the net. <laughs> Absolutely good. Very good. Very good. We've, we're you. one one apiece. Good job. Already. I'm gonna throw you another transfer themed one. Which top yeah. five league? Um, has the least entries into that list I just spoke of. Top 20 most expensive transfers of all time. Is it A, Bundesliga, B, Liga, and C, Serie A, D, La Liga? Bundesliga? Yes, indeed. Only Harry Kane. Harry Kane's the only entry they have. It's only Harry Kane. I thought there would have been at least one or two more. I I, I was hoping that's what you would think, but no. (laughs) Oh, Wow. Because I I had thought Serie A did a lot. It was between Serie A and Bundesliga. Wow, we're we're off to the races here. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Holy cow! Alrighty. So for my second question, good sir, I went for a little bit of British history here. See if I can maybe throw you off a little bit. Hmm. Norwich City. In 1992-1993, did something that nobody thought possible. They achieved the highest position in the top flight league with a negative goal differential. 
What position did they finish? They they they've what are the options? Third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. Okay, can you say the build up to the question again, please? Absolutely. Norwich City in 1992-1993 did something nobody thought possible. They achieved the highest league position with a negative goal differential. So their highest league league position. Oh, mm. yes. the highest ever. The highest ever with a negative. Yes, highest ever with a negative goal differential. And the options were third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Correct. Fourth. Final answer? Yeah. It's off the post and out. Ah. What was it? Third. Wow, that is really good. <laughs> they they qualified for Europe <laughs> with a negative goal differential. Well, fair enough then. Okay. Um, well, I've you your your topics are more spread out. I've got another transfer theme for one. Just for I've gone. It's not the. It might be the vaguely the last one. Um, which league has spent the least in transfer fees this window? A, Bundesliga, B, Liga, C, Serie A, D, La Liga. That is a smashing question. I'll, I'll, what I'll say is, maybe this is giving a clue too much, but the one that has spent the least has spent half than the second next. Wow. Yeah, well and truly bottom. Mm, it's between... Bundesliga and City are again, <laughs> ironically enough. <laughs> um, I'll switch it up, City are. It's hit, it's hit the cross button. No, I think it's actually it's just missed completely because it's not even Bundesliga. It's La Liga. Really? Every other league has spent, well, Bundesliga and Liga have spent, weirdly enough, uh, uh, 640 million euros each. La Liga spent 365 million euros. Wow. La Liga very much rock bottom there. All right, it's your, your turn. Yeah, I I might have given you a toss-up for this next one. We'll see. <laughs> uh, wow. Stinker for for the for this for that one. Goodness gracious. Okay, let's see if I can throw you off though. We'll see. We'll see. So, in one of our previous Penalty shootouts. I brought up the the legendary quote from Zinedine Zidane. Why buy a gold layer of paint when you're getting rid of the entire engine? Obviously, the engine is Claude Makélélé. But who was the extra layer of gold paint referring to? Walter Samuel? Ronaldo or R9? Michael Owens? Or David Beckham? David Beckham. Alrighty, you've smashed it into the bottom corner. I wanted to be sure. <laughs> I wanted oh. to hear the options. Absolutely. No, I, I completely, after, after the whole, um, Blackburn Rovers debacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I, that, you've smashed it and we are tied at one apiece or two apiece. Yes, no. we are. We are, yes. That's right. Cause I missed the third one. You missed that. Okay, perfect. We are tied at two. All right. How many years did Bayern's new signing, Harry Kane, spend at Tottenham? Was it 17, 18, 19, or 20 years of his life? Oh, no. 
Oh no. I don't have a clue. <laughs> I have no flipping clue. I don't think it was 20. <sighs> I'm not going to muck about 18. Oh, he's hit it hard into the post and out. It's oh. 19. Oh, and, no. And it's not that horrible question because it was in the media all of last week. Well, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> My reason for missing that is because I'm from I'm from the U.S. <laughs> That's also fair enough. That That's my reasoning. <laughs> it's you did I'm ask American. a question about North City in 1993, so I think we're even. We are even. We are even. Okay. So, for the next question, Mr. Alex, let's see if I can get you here. I've gone to rivalries again with this question, but it's outside of the top five. Mm-hmm. If I said I was going to the Derby of the Eternal Rivals, oh, which game am I going to? There's like four derbies with that name. Is it? Oh, okay. Th- this will be fun. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't duplicate here. I know for a fact one of them is, because I, <laughs> I searched it, and this was the only game that came up. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. So I, I tried to spread it out so that way it wasn't close. Or there, yeah. So CSKA Moscow versus uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. Partizan versus Red Star Belgrade, Olympiakos versus Panathinaikos, or Trabzonspor versus Besiktas. And what's the name of it? The Derby of the Eternal Rivals. Uh, Eternal is the one I associate with Partizan and Red Stars. So we'll go with them too. And the goalkeeper's got a hand to it, and it is out. So ah, which one? Th- so that is the Eternal Derby. Oh, for God's sake! The Derby of the Eternal Rivals is Olympiakos versus Panathinaikos. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I had to nitpick here. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, all right. Last, I'm sorry. Last, last question for me then. Um, which of these teams has won both men and women's World Cups? Is it A, Germany, B, France, C, Italy, or D, Brazil? I absolutely love one of my fans now. Because we talked about this before we got on our call. And it's Germany. <sighs> it is indeed Germany. Oh. I thought I had you there as well. That that would have been an absolutely smashing question. Because I don't think I would have known that. Other than Spain, obviously. But Oh, man. That was a great question, though. Okay. So, it's 3-2, correct? Uh, yes. I believe so, yes. Okay. So if I miss this, I lose. Yes. Okay, so, I've gone back to England for this last and final one. Mm-hmm. Which current Premier League side has the infamous record of having one the top flight title, and then got relegated the very next season. 
Everton, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Manchester City, or Tottenham? Everton, City, Everton, and Tottenham. Sorry, I didn't know if you were... Everton, City, Chelsea, Tottenham. Everton, City, Chelsea, Tottenham. It's not Tottenham, because we would hear that every day. Everton have been in the Premier League a long time. I don't think it's them. Chelsea last won it in 55. I I think they were okay during that time. I'll go Man City. What's your final answer? Yeah. And that is Top Ben's good, sir. There we go. That was smashing. And an interesting little point in my research for this question. Mm -hmm. Everton, and I believe it was Tottenham, both won their second division title. And then the very next season, they won the Premier League. Oh, very nice. So I was like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So I saw that and I decided to throw them in there. But that was like way back when it was like in the in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, you've you've smashed it. So I I need to convert this one. Oh, yes. Uh, I forgot we're in sudden death now, aren't we? Right. This one is very simple. How much have Barcelona spent this transfer window? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> is it is it a uh, twenty six million euros? Is it B thirty three million euros? Is it C fourteen million euros? Or is it D three million four hundred euros? Jimmy Christmas! Can you repeat it one more time? The choices. Uh, is it A? 26 million euros B 33 million euros uh, C 13 million euros or D uh, 3 million 400 thousand euros the uh, 26 million Uh -uh. 3 million 3 million yep and all on one player Oreo Romero Oh my word! <laughs> That's a Tell me to win. Uh I think. Yay! I think so. I think it is. <laughs> Barcelona's yeah. financial mess won me it. Uh, <laughs> I will. We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I think that's it. Alrighty. Yes, Mister Mister Euro Expert, you've won the penultimate PK shootout. Good sir. I finally uh, won. <laughs> no, you've won two. Oh, there we go. It's been a, I remember I lost the last one. I think I did. No, you won that one. I, it's the, I only remember my losses. That's it. I see. <laughs> I, lost the first, I lost the first one with my amazing World Cup clip. Yes, yes. And then the last one's controversial, but this one's a clean win. This one's a clean win. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I'm very happy that you came back on, uh, Mr. Alex. Is there anything that you want to shout out while you're here? And and I'll give you the floor here. Um, oh, good question. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, you can go over to uh, my Twitter, where is where I focus most of my stuff now, and uh, come and have a look at my amazing takes, which are always great and never bad. Uh, I'll see you there. Absolutely. Have a great day, Mr. Alex. Thank you very much, John.